This creature from the dirt defied the everlasting holy God. Scripture is holy. It is sanctified, set apart from any and all other writings that we have ever had and will ever exist. Self-esteem, that is a satanic idea. You're not as important as you think you are. If you have no desire to know who God is, then can you even be sure that he knows you? The gates of hell itself, or the coronavirus itself, will not stand against Jesus building his church. This is what's wrong with the Christian church today. We don't know who God is. Give us a man who knows the truth. One man, Jew and Gentile, bond and free. One, there is no race in Christ Jesus. Oh, how a man needs to fear God that that man might cling to his word. Give us some preachers who aren't tripping over their skirt to get into the pulpit. What's wrong with you people? This is Matter of Theology, the place where theology matters because everything is a matter of theology. I'm Drew, your host, and I'm here with my co-host, Chris. Josh was going to join us, but he had an emergency call to prepare to preach this coming Sunday at his local church. So if you will be in prayer for him, uh, when Josh preaches, he brings the word. And he doesn't just, he, he, man, he doesn't just bring like, like knowledge. He brings heart, warmth, compassion to it as well. Yeah, he uh, he's one of those guys who who uh, as as uh, Stephen Lawson would say, he brings the fire and the light. Yeah, uh, but does so in a way, uh, man, that just just really does exude and 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 uh, come across the love of. I mean, have the love of God come across very very heavily. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Josh, we're praying for you, brother. Cannot wait to hear it. That's right. That's right. Um, so we will be praying for him. We are members of the Christian podcast community. If you would like to listen to other Christian podcasts, please head on over to strivingforeternity.org to view all their podcast selections. And you know, you know, they don't even pay us to say that. They don't. They don't. I pay them. That's very true. You do. You you pay them to <laughs> to to promote them. So that's awesome. That's right. Yeah, no. We need to talk to Andrew about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we're on the Christian Podcast Community. Lots of good stuff on there. Uh, we are a part of Cruciform Ministries. So go to cruciformministries.org. We have. You know what? This is Thursday. We we, we record on Thursdays. But Friday, this Friday, the 7th, that's the last day people can can apply for the Cruciform Bible Institute. Man, look out. I know. So if you're hearing this and you're like, you know what, I, I can't afford to go to seminary, but I would like some of that knowledge that they get. Well, guess what? We've started a Bible Institute called the Cruciform Bible Institute. And right now, right now, it's free. That's right. It's free. Now the next go round, there's going to be an application fee. Yeah, it's, yep. I mean it's going to be, it's still going to be cheap. Yeah, very. Like like the next time, all you're paying for, I think, is the application fee. Yeah, 
yeah. but uh, but still, it's a two-year certificate program, and there's two tracks: the pastoral track and the Bible studies track or biblical studies track. Now, the only difference is is that the biblical studies track you don't take the preaching classes and you don't take the language classes. Right. Now you can, if you want to pay for the language classes, but that's not offered in on the biblical studies track. Why is that true? Because a pastor should have a grasp on the biblical languages. Yeah. But why is that just not offered to, to anyone of any gender? Oh yeah. Well, because uh, we believe only men can be pastors. There it is. You know, only, only men can sign up for the pastoral track. Now men and women can sign up for the biblical studies track. Right. So, uh, if you would like to gain more Bible knowledge, uh, go and apply. Now there are a couple requirements. You do have to have a pastoral recommendation, yep. uh, a letter of recommendation for that. Uh, and then we will interview you, talk to you, get to know you a little bit. Uh, but I mean, it's, it's things like, man, the mission of God in the world. Um, there's going to be systematic theology. Uh, there's going to be a lot of stuff. Yeah. Sorry. My chair fell. Yeah. 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 Uh, so, so there, so we're offering a lot of stuff in this first, this first go around that we're doing. And then, next summer is going to be a class on the gospels, uh, which is going to be very cool. Um, what else do we have? Oh, speaking of cruciform ministries, the yeah. cruciform conference, that's going to be in October. Rapidly approaching. It is October. Yeah, it is rapidly approaching guys like Anthony Mathenia, Gabe Hughes, a, a guy, I don't know if you, you know who he is named Chris Huff. Mm. Um, he's <laughs> the, you don't you don't need to know who he is it's okay yeah he's not important but uh he's not the the topic is a much needed topic because we don't hear any conferences on this topic and that is on holiness that's right that's right. so if you would like to learn more about holiness uh come on come on up to indiana that's where it's going to be that's right that's right that's right and about i think 23rd through the 25th um something I, like that i should know those dates uh you exactly should. but uh yeah especially because i'm i'm helping direct it so uh but uh, but yeah justin peters anthony Mathenia, gabe hughes um uh jeff johnson who am i missing uh, myself brandon scalf uh is kofi there too kofi's coming uh our buddy brad weber from theology Nights is going to be doing yep. Yep. Uh, a, a podcast there we are going to be doing a podcast the first night mm -hmm. no the night before excuse me yeah the pre um, pre-conference yep, show yep. yep the pre-conference show we're going to be doing a podcast there uh so who knows who we may have on um uh, for that. And, and, and who knows, we don't even know what we're going to be discussing yet. That's right. That's um, right. but it's going to be, it's going to be great. So just check out, uh, check out the website. Um, and, mm -hmm. uh, every, you know, every, all the information's at cruciformministries.org. Yeah. And it's one of those things that, um, uh, you know, when COVID hit, we were, we were kind of going, man, what's going to happen. But I think, uh, just based on what we're seeing right now, uh, by the time October comes around, I think people are going to be like, you know what, I, I, I need to get out. Uh, <laughs> I need to get out. It's time to get back to normal, uh, especially considering the facts uh, of, uh, of, of, of what's happening. So, uh, so yeah, so we would love to have you. And then coming up in December, December, we have got an, an incredible online conference 
uh, where we're going to be discussing. It's interesting. We're discussing a topic that I don't hold to. Uh, so uh, right. so you better get is, on board. Uh, <laughs> nice. Uh, which it's going to be a conference on post-millennialism uh, where we'll have uh, Doug Wilson, Jeff Durbin, Gary DeMar, Kenneth Gentry, uh, Kenneth Gentry, um, guy right. by the name of Brandon Scalf. That's right. That's right. So, uh, so yeah, that that's going to be great. So we'll, that will be online. Uh, so you can also check out uh, our Facebook page and uh, the website as well, and get all the details for that. That is correct. And we are also on Patreon. So if you would like to partner with us, head on over to Patreon.com/slash Matter of Theology, and you can partner with us through your donation of money which helps because it helps us it helps it re- really it, it just comes to me but then it goes That's right to christian podcast community so yeah um, <laughs> yeah yep. it's yeah but yep. don't worry we, we don't we don't uh we don't get paid uh yeah, to do this yeah, uh yeah, a, nope. as i'm sure you're painfully aware of <laughs> yeah don't get paid at all <laughs> nope. um you you don't see me taking any vacations, bro. You don't see me taking no vacations, no time nah, off. Uh, I still work a full time job yeah, because uh, I still got the bills to pay. That's uh, right, man. That's right. So, so, but speaking of Patreon, we have a new yeah. Patreon supporter, and his name is Brandon Weber. Now, I've been talking with this guy uh, through our email uh, for about a week or so. Um, very impactful story uh, in getting to know him. Um, but man, he is, he, he's diving in headlong. Uh, I mean, he was telling me that he read Jonathan Edwards, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. Uh, and that's, that's a heavy read. You know, I, I recently heard, uh, I was listening to Dr. Stephen Lawson when he was out in California at Grace um, last month, and he, he did a couple of seminars, uh, one of which was on the life of George Whitfield. And he said that, um, that when George Whitfield uh, was invited to, to Northampton by Jonathan Edwards, um, when Edwards heard Whitfield preach, he sat on the front row and wept as he truly got to experience what true preaching was about instead of what he had seen up until that point um, with just the cold reading of the notes and and not not it, not not touching the heart calling the heart exhorting the will mm-hmm. as uh, dr lawson would say and um and it was a less than a year later that edwards preached that uh that famous sermon and of course this the sermons thereafter uh, where Jonathan Edwards would preach in a way as Whitfield did, where he would raise the affections mm-hmm. of the hearer. So, uh, so Brandon Weber, if you're reading Jonathan Edwards and reading that sermon, good for you, bro. That's a hard one to read and, uh, and to be able to stand up after. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but we also got, uh, a couple other book recommendations. Um, now I, I did recommend to him, what is i think it is what is reformed theology barsi sproul um i think fantastic and i think he got that one too um but one of the things that i think is vitally important and this is in the life of every believer for anyone within the sound of my voice uh knowing those doctrines are I, i would say are important they're essential but they're not as essential as understanding the gospel and the christian walk 
So one of probably the most important books that any Christian could ever read is The Pilgrim's Progress by John Bunyan. Uh, so I would definitely encourage you to get a copy of The Pilgrim's Progress uh, and read it and read it often. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, and, uh, and Brandon, one of the things, uh, one of the books as we were talking offline right beforehand that I would recommend to you uh, is A Body of Divinity by Thomas Watson. Um, you want to talk about uh, uh, someone who is able to put uh, into words in, in such beautiful, beautiful allegories and beautiful pictures uh, and just be able to say things like the word of God is the richest jewel that, that God has left us. And that as a diamond cuts a diamond, so only can scripture interpret scripture and, uh, and so many other uh, amazing sayings. So brother, check out, and anybody who, who is listening now, then yep. check out that book. It's uh, it will, it will, the Lord will use that to uh, definitely uh, deepen your love for his truth and, uh, and your love and worship of him. So, yep. Yep. And if I have to recommend a biography, I'm going to recommend uh, Robert Murray McShane by Andrew Benar. Uh, Robert Murray McShane was a Scottish pastor in Dundee, uh, and he was uh, a pastor that was very compassionate for his people, for lost souls. Uh, he had a, a tear-stained Bible in his study that he would weep mm -hmm. over for lost souls. He had a tear-stained Bible in his pulpit that he would cry uh, during sermons and calling people to repentance. And yeah. wow. he, uh, a very faithful man and to where even the town drunks, uh, respected him enough that when he walked by, they stopped and took off their hat to him. And yeah. he, wow. he, uh, was a very sickly man though. He, he died at the age of 29. Uh, so he died very young, but made a great impact, um, for the gospel in Scotland. Yeah. So that's what we would encourage to you. Um, but on today's episode, this is a different episode because oh man, we honestly we don't have anything planned. We <laughs> we were just like because because we're preparing. We are preparing for a great episode coming up. Yeah. We're going we're going back into our ecclesiology study, yeah. um, and we're going to be talking about discipleship. But the guests right. we got coming on. Uh, is going to be awesome to talk about. Yeah, so, yeah. so we're preparing for that. Yeah. Uh, but so, so for this, more on that soon. Yeah, more on that soon. So for this episode, we were like, you know, what, let's just keep it loose. Uh, and, and let's. Well, just... I don't know about loose because there's a lot going on right now that yeah. I, I kind of feel like what you guys are about to hear is uh, like so talks Drew during the day. Yeah, exactly. So 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 Drew uh, Drew and I. Um, Man, I, I thought about this last night, bro. Like, I, I mean, we are we are kindred spirits. Um, uh, we 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 talk every day. There is not a day that has gone on. Honestly, there's not a day over the last year that you and I have not spoken. That's true. Either through text messages, Marco Polo, or phone call. Right. Um. So so I I feel like what people are about to get, uh, is 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 what happens on Marco Polo typically. So we uh, just, repent ahead of time. Just to say. <laughs> so, no, no, you know what, man? I, I honestly, I honestly don't think, uh, I mean, there are, there are a few times that I think we've gotten carried away when we're talking to each other, but, uh, but man, I don't think there's anything we, we've needed to repent of. And I definitely don't think uh, that's going to happen on this episode. So, yeah. and there's bro, there's so like that, you know, it's one of those things that, that as, as, 
as each week progresses in the year 2020, from a, 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 an evangelical church point of view, there are so many things we could talk about. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it's nonstop. It is, I mean, especially over the, especially over the last couple of weeks now. You know, I never thought we would reach a day where church leaders are mad at other church leaders for going to church. Yes. When, when you have church networks like nine marks who their, their whole thing is nine marks of a healthy church and, and they're coming down on Dr. MacArthur and the elders at grace for saying, in love, by the way, they are saying, in love, no, the church does not belong to Caesar. We will render to Caesar what is Caesar's. We will continue to submit to, to our local government and, and state government and, and federal government. Um, but at the same time, there, there comes a point, and that point has been reached, when we have to say, no, mm -hmm. you, have, you have stepped out of bounds. You have... You're, you're attempting to usurp authority that does not belong to you. The church is not yours. The church is Jesus Christ. And, and, and can I just say that um, if anyone would love to see a picture of a true man of God that shows absolute courage in love, then what you do is you get on your phone or your computer or your tablet and you Google Dr. John F. MacArthur Jr. And the first picture that pops up of Dr. MacArthur, there you go. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, man, going back to what you just said, it's like you're getting people to quote, and I, and I, I agree with Tom Buck wholeheartedly. I love Tom Buck. Yeah. Tom yeah. Buck said it's amazing to see all the evangelical leaders that just a year ago were praising Dr. MacArthur for his 50 years of faithful ministry of the word of God there at Grace and have ridden his coattails for years that now refuse to stand with him because he's saying, no, no, not, 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 no, not at all. And then they're saying things like, well, you know, do you really, Jonathan Lehman and, and, and Mark Dever, do you really want to spend your capital here? Well, look, fellas, if you don't stand your ground at, at, at some point, you won't have ground to stand on. That's right. The ground will be ripped out from underneath your feet mm -hmm. before you know it. Mm -hmm. um, and it just goes to show that Christianity is on another. Evangelical Christianity in this country has been for a while, but it's sad to see organizations like Nine Marks and Acts 29 specifically on the downgrade. Yeah. Yeah, here's here's one of the things that I don't get. Right, John MacArthur and the California government. The California government is saying you cannot meet, although right. al although those standards don't apply to to well, you can meet outdoors. You, you can meet outdoors, but but those those standards they don't apply to like protesters or anything like that. Right, um, but you have a government saying to a church, you cannot meet. Now let's take that back to the Reformation and the papacy, right? right. The, 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 the kings and queens of England were uh, against the Protestants for the message they were preaching. They were trying to shut them down. Protestants. But I mean, these people that are that are turning away from John MacArthur and not standing with them, they're people 
some of them uh, seminary presidents, uh, Albert teach, Moeller, teaching fellows. Blake Sorry, Duncan. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I said this was going to be like this is going to be like what happens in our Marcos. So, but these are these are men that teach on the Reformation and the faithfulness of those reformers for standing on Scripture, sola scriptura. And now you have a man. They have they have a personal friend that right. is doing that. And yeah. now they they refuse to say. And this this is what it is. What it really is. It's those people that look from afar and say, "Man, if it push came to shove, I'd be the one that stood." No, you wouldn't. We're seeing no. that right now. No, you wouldn't. no 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 you wouldn't. It, it's just like Vody, man. Vody at Shepherds at, in nineteen when when he talked about the letter of Second Timothy. Mm-hmm. And that the, 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 you can't prepare, you can't go, okay, it's not like, you know, you can go to school to learn how to stand up, at, well, kind of, you, you can't go anywhere and prepare for the persecution that's going to come right like that. Right. You know, the, the, it, it's, it's a lifelong study and pursuit of God's word and submitting in obedience to the commands found in God's word consistently dying to self that prepares you for that. And, and that's the whole reason Paul wrote to his young son in the faith, because Timothy had an issue with, with standing firm. He had an issue with his confidence in that way. And, 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 and I, I was reading, I'm reading Ashamed of the Gospel. I'm rereading that and uh, incredible book, Ashamed of the Gospel, when the church becomes like the world. And Dr. MacArthur points out in there, if you notice a, a, a few different passages of scripture, all right, starting with 1 Timothy 4.1, okay, you see that, this, uh, that Paul says this, but the Spirit explicitly says that in the later times, some will fall away from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons. Okay? Apostasy, right? And then in 2 Timothy 3.1, he says, but realize this, that in the last days, difficult times will come. And then in 2 Timothy 4, starting in verse 3, he says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires, and will turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside to myths. So in the book, Dr. MacArthur says, notice the progression. The first one said that the time will come when people will depart from the faith. The second one warned Timothy that dangerous times were coming for the church. Now, a third one suggests that that the time would come when those in the church would not endure sound doctrine, but desire to have their ears tickled. And so so Paul's Paul's writing to warn him, stand firm. Just like Vody said, right? Paul, or Timothy, here's what I want you to do. I want you they're about to kill me for preaching the gospel. Don't stop them. And in fact, I want you to preach it until they kill you too. Right. That's the call of the pastor. You stand firm on what the scriptures teach, period, paragraph. That's right. That's right. How can you say that you are a proclaimer and a herald of this word 
that so many in history died for. And then when the time comes, your time comes to take a stand, what do you do? Capitulate. Uh, you sit your butt down and you cower. And you tell your friend who, who's faithful to stand, hey, man, are you sure you want to do this? Well, and this happened, you know, look, I mean, th this happened to, this started happening. It, this isn't just something that happened overnight. Right. right? This was the progression from, from uh, the, I mean, we see it in the whole social justice movement. Oh, right. And, that, and that's where it started. Mm -hmm. that, that's where it started for, you know, you want to talk about guys who, again, who, who Dr. MacArthur, again, at that Q&A, the famous Q&A, right, where Phil and Al got into it and Mark kind of <laughs> got The famous dumpster fire. Yeah, exactly. And, 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 and that's, by the way, that's Phil's words. Phil's words. <laughs> when we asked Phil about that the next day at a, at a breakout session, he goes, oh, you mean the dumpster fire? Um, so, so, so these men who Dr. MacArthur said, these are my friends. I mm -hmm. love you guys. Yeah. Lig Duncan, uh, Sinclair Ferguson, and Sinclair is not, not, not doing this, but Lig Duncan, Mark Dever, and Al Mohler. Mm -hmm. and, and, and they wouldn't stand firm and say no. And, and, and so, so what happened at ChefCon 2020? They weren't invited. So, so now you've got Dr. MacArthur and the elders of Grace that have released. I mean, if you guys haven't read this, um, can we put it in the show notes, man? Can we put the link? Yeah, yeah the, I'll link to, to it. Okay, Christ Not Caesar is the head of the church. Mm -hmm. um, and, then, uh, and then Phil did a great uh, follow-up on his blog, questions we get about the Grace Community Church elder statement. Um, but they released this, 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 this incredible statement, their statement written in love, but it is very, very firm and, and explaining the biblical order. You know, the fact that the, that, 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 that Christ is the Lord uh, over Caesar, not vice versa. Christ is the, uh, not Caesar is the head of the church mm -hmm. and, and, and how the institutions that God has set up, the family, the church and the government um, have to stay in their lane. Mm -hmm. And um, so you've got you've got them releasing that after months. I mean, after months of of going, OK, because we don't know the severity of the virus, we, we still think that these rules and regulations are 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 not OK. They're not legitimate. They are they are an overstep and an overreach. Um, it, it, they Yeah. Phil said they're an, an illegitimate quote, an illegitimate intrusion of state authority. But because I said, you know what? No. You guys are allowing protesters and rioters to go on. You're allowing uh, abortion mills to stay open, liquor stores to stay open. Um, I mean, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but but you're telling the one you're keeping people cooped up. People have no hope. People are depressed. More suicides are happening than ever. And 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 who has the the one message of hope? Mm -hmm. It's the church. Mm -hmm. The church. And then the government's trying to say, no, you can't meet indoors. Well, well, come on, guys. Why, Dr. MacArthur, Elder, why, why can't you guys just meet outside? Be because, be because num number one, the government has no authority to be able to, to say that. Right. Number two, if you look at the facts of what happens with COVID-19, Based, I'm not minimizing anyone because I've been affected by it personally. I'm not minimizing the effects of it, anyone. Please hear me. If you have been affected by COVID-19 or you know somebody who has died from COVID-19, my heart goes out to you. I mean, we just lost Herman Cain, right? Had a chance to meet Herman Cain years ago. Super nice guy. You know, um, but when you look at the effects and you look at the numbers of who's dying and of what, 
yeah, the infection rate's super high, but the survival rate's even higher. Mm-hmm. So come on, no, come on, you got to stop. You got to stop. And the sermon that Dr. MacArthur gave that next Sunday, he specifically prayed for Governor Newsom and the authorities. So, you know what's anyway. what I find really crazy, and we talked about this earlier, was that the the comments have people have left under that article, or the conversations that we've had about Grace meeting, comes from people that n- didn't actually listen to that sermon. Because in absolutely. That- in that sermon, Dr. MacArthur addressed all this, and he addressed yes, he why they're meeting. Yes, and he yes. even he, he actually even said, you know, he was for the for a while during the whole quarantine thing, he was preaching to an empty room, only his wife. Yeah. Yep. And then little by little, the people started showing up. Just started on showing their up own, on their own. On their own. And then, uh, why? Because people understand that they need that fellowship in the time that we're in. We were created for community. We, that, that's how we were made. Mm-hmm. We were created to do life with people. Um, and, and scripture speaks to that, love your neighbor. Um, scripture speaks to the action that you take and how you do that. So when we, when we as a society have been cooped up since the beginning of March, and you can't, no sports. Don't even get me started on that right now. Uh, <laughs> it, I'm sure we'll get there. Um, no concerts. Uh, you're, you, you, my grandfather passes away, and we had to wait three months to the day that he died before we could have a very limited funeral service for him. Um, you know, and, 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 and churches are closed down. Let me say this very clearly from my point of view, and Drew, I'll let you respond uh, if you agree with me or not. There is no such thing as an online church. Online church does not exist. Technology, look, what I do for a living, I, I work in technology. I love technology. Okay, I love it. And apart from those, those and by the way, and, and, and this is also from a personal standpoint, I am speaking from a standpoint of I have family uh, immediately that cannot go and attend church. So I am not saying this flippantly or arrogantly, but the concept of online church, the church is meant to be uh, ecclesia, okay? It is a physical gathering. Mm-hmm. And we discussed this when we talked about uh, pragmatic communion, right? the Lord's Supper. We discussed this. And one of the things that we are seeing from people who just six months ago would never approve of online church, now their arguments are, are basically that they're bec- they've become an apologist for online church. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, no, no. You, oh no. But see, Chris, there are other options. You, you can, you can do zoom calls. You can do, you know, live streaming. Hey, look, and look, when I'm in my car, I'm listening to podcasts. I'm, and, and usually the podcasts I'm listening to are sermons, Martin Lloyd-Jones, Stephen Lawson, Dr. MacArthur. Um, uh, I've really been listening to a lot of, it's not a sermon, but Ali Ben Stuckey a lot lately, uh, Daryl and Virgil on, on the just thinking that, that those are, I mean, th- those could be sermons, their podcasts. 
I love that stuff, but it does not replace the gathering and, and, and meeting and fellowshipping and showing physical affection for the family of God. Right. And, and, and please hear my heart in that. I'm saying it very firmly and very sternly, uh, sternly, is that even a word? (laughs) But okay, good. Um, but there's no such thing as online church. You cannot, you cannot replace uh, the get local gathering. Go ahead, man. Here, here's an argument that you and I have heard that we should utilize small groups to meet. And, and to this, I say, you know what? We should meet in small groups. We let's let's meet in small groups. Let's have an elder qualified man lead a house church. Let's sell the building, get rid of the church staff. And instead of tithing to pay for the building and for the church staff, those tithes can actually go to that house church for that uh, elder qualified man to minister and be able to take the time off of work for him to prep and prepare uh, to deliver a sermon and also give him adequate time uh, to meet with those under his care. So you know what? If you're in favor of uh, of not meeting in a physical gathering in a church because there are too many people and you want to utilize the small group method of, of house church, great. So sell the building, get rid of the uh-huh. church staff, and let your tithes now go to that house church. How so many here's do you the, think would back here's that? The, Here's the problem with that is uh, pastors and elders today, for the most part in the church, church in this country are too lazy to properly train and develop elder qualified men to be able to confidently equip the saints for the works of service. Yes, I said it. They're, 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 they're too lazy. They're too concerned about their own leisure um, and to, to, to properly do that. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't churches out there doing that, but you can't tell me that an Andy Stanley is going to do that. Right. Uh, you can't tell me that a J.D. Greer is going to do that. Right. Um, it, it, but then you ha- also have church planning networks out there, <clears throat> Acts 29, that put an overemphasis on the lead pastor instead of that lead pastor being the lead slave right. and lead servant. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I'm not saying that... Uh, pl- <laughs> We're going to get in trouble. Uh, I'm not saying that. Uh, <laughs> what that, else is new? <laughs> again, these are the conversations that Drew and I have. Um, so maybe maybe we should repent. Um, so, uh, but no, look, my, my heart in this is not to not to just just get on here and bash people. But my, my heart in this is just going, there are just there. Now is the time for strong men to stand up. Right. And, and to go, mm-hmm. no, th- we're going to be the church. Mm-hmm. We're going to do what's required of us because we love Jesus. Go ahead. So, so, so what you just said reminded me of, of something I heard Dr. Lawson say, and it was from, he, he talked about this from the first time he saw Dr. MacArthur preach in person. And Dr. MacArthur said a statement that Dr. Lawson went and had him write in his Bible right after that. And this was the statement. Now is the time for the strongest men to preach the strongest message in the context of the strongest ministry. Mm. And right now, we need that. But what do we see? Right now, we see too many boys 
pretending to be men that are too worried about their their own reputation or how they they're perceived by others yeah dr MacArthur says this in the shame to the gospel he says quote this is certainly no time for weak men weak messages and weak ministries what is needed is moral strength and courage and uncompromising proclamation of the truth that can set people free mm -hmm. period close quote and brother that's it man i, I mean I, I put on <laughs> I put on Twitter uh, uh, yesterday. I said, uh, "Give us some a quote of Dr. Lawson. Give us some men who know the truth." It's in our intro. Yeah. I said, "May I add? Give us some men who know the truth, who will love the truth, who will live out the truth, who will preach the truth, and who will stand for the truth." Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. That's uh, I mean, it's and and you know, going back to talking about the people standing with John. It's like you know, uh, Tom Buck said this. He said, you know, I, there's no doubt in my mind that if R.C. Sproul, James Montgomery Boyce, and D. James Kennedy Man, or S. Lewis Johnson, you know, all of them would have privately called John MacArthur and would publicly stand with him, even mm -hmm. if they didn't fully agree with his present course of action. Yep. So I was, I, and I didn't, I didn't see that by, by Tom Buck today, but, yeah. but I was thinking if R.C. Sproul was still here, he would be standing with Dr. MacArthur. He would. He would. And, and uh, you know, I, I responded to Tom and, 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 rem you know, reminded him of uh, uh, the, the quote uh, by RC in, uh, at the Shepherds Conference in uh, the video that Ligonier played. And I actually have it right here. I'm going to put it up to the microphone. But um, that what RC said about John MacArthur's commitment to the word. So let me turn this up and check this out. I've always said about John MacArthur, if I disagree with something with John MacArthur, I don't care what it is, and we go to the mat and we talk about it, I know this about John MacArthur, that if I can persuade John MacArthur that the Bible teaches what he does not believe, that John MacArthur will that moment change his position, no matter what it costs him. Because what he wants more than anything else is to be faithful to the Word of God. I've Amen. Man, and, and you know what? How true is that? Like, there's so many people that bash John MacArthur, but he is a man that wants nothing more than to be a Bible man, to be a man that is nothing but faithful to the word. Thank you. You read my mind, bro. Yes. Yes, I remember. Remember the breakfast that we had with Steve, right? And yeah. and he's, you know, he he talked about that. He's like, if you want to be a Bible man, th this is where you want to go. Talking about going to the master seminary, and uh, and so, you know, th th that's the thing, right? You, you, we get asked, you know, uh, how many times have you and I been asked to ask that that question when you when you talk about somebody? Oh, is he a so and so guy? Is he an A29 guy? Is he a nine marks guy? Is he a so-and-so guy? Well, you know what? I don't want to be known as a network guy. Right. I don't want to be known as a cruciform ministry guy, as, as a matter of theology guy. I want to right. be known as a Bible guy, a Bible man. Right. You know, I, I said this on Facebook. What, maybe, I think when, when, uh, when Brandy was still pregnant with Lawson, but it was, uh, you know, there's so many things that, that my son could know me for. Mm. But more than anything, yeah. if I could have him, like if I were to pass away and, and, they were, and they were to ask him, you know, tell me about your dad. The one thing I would want him to say is that my dad was a Bible man. 
Yep. Yep. Amen, That's man. the one thing I Bro, want to that brings instill me, in my son. Tears in my eyes, man. Is to be a Bible man. That's right. I don't, as much as I love uh, Dr. Lawson uh, and the role that he's played from afar in my life, uh, and, and as much as I love the Puritans, as much as I love Dr. MacArthur, um, as, as as much as I love these guys, the, these great giants of the faith, really, um, right. man, I don't want to be I don't want to be known for being, you, you know, one of one of their guys. Right. There's yeah. nothing. There is nothing we should want more than to be than as men to be a Bible man. That's right, man. Come on. And as women to be Bible, Bible women. women. Yeah. 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 Amen, man. Amen, brother. I mean, that's uh, so, so kind of maybe, I guess, wrapping up our thoughts on, on this portion, uh, you know, uh, I, I think of, I was reminded Nate Pickowitz uh, uh, put on Twitter uh, yesterday. He said that uh, he quoted second um, Timothy four sixteen. It says that at my defense, at my first defense no one supported me but all deserted me mm-hmm. may it not be counted against them and he and he had a picture of it was just it wasn't john's face it was just the pulpit and the bible yeah. and then the people beyond that and then uh and then so i i have my uh my bible open here and, and verse 17 check this out so after that at my at my first defense no one supported me but all deserted me may it not be counted against them but the lord stood with me and strengthen me so that through me, the proclamation might be fully accomplished. Mm-hmm. So, hey, we, uh, I think it's no secret based on people who know us. We stand with Dr. MacArthur. We stand with Grace Community Church. Uh, I, we have friends out there. I have family out there that go uh, to that church. So uh, we, we wholeheartedly stand with them. And I've said this for months I am thankful for their example this entire time. Mm-hmm. Everything they did at first through today, uh, every every step they have prayerfully and carefully taken, mm-hmm. absolutely stand with them. Uh, yeah. And if you want to have a conversation with that, reach out to me. Yeah, you know, I mean, and here's my kind of my last thought on that is if you're wonder if you're if you're looking at situations in the world, right? Uh, whether it be stuff now that, that we're dealing with or stuff maybe 10 years ago, 20 years ago, and you're wondering, how do I deal with that? Take a look at how Grace Community Church handled those situations and approached That's it. That's right. Because they didn't, they didn't appro- whatever it is, they don't approach it uh, just saying, well, this is what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. They, their first move is to go to Scripture. That's right. And then they want to lean on scripture and then they want to pray over scripture mm-hmm. and then they want to seek to be as in line with scripture and what they do as they possibly can. That's right. And they do it. They do it graciously. They do it humbly. You know, th- there hasn't been in, you know, I think about some people and, uh, there's some people that just straight come out, bash the government, um and, do you have and, someone in mind when you say some people yeah but I, but because th- they are a, they are they are a faithful brother and i and i uh um the the work that they do i really like it 
Um, but sometimes like if I'm, if I'm like on Twitter or something, I'm like, all right, yeah, I see a pattern here and you calm down a little bit. Uh, there, there's like, like there's all fighting, but there's no grace. And so, but when I look at the example of, of grace community church and those elders, um, you, you see the firmness, you see the truth coming forth. You see the sternness in their voice when they say, uh, no, we're not going to do that, but they do it with respect. Absolutely. And I'll tell you what, they, I mean, they, they may be lions in the pulpit and when they have to stand firm, but if you ever have the opportunity to meet any of those men, they are extremely tenderhearted, incredibly kind and humble. So, yeah, you know, what's funny yeah. is that, uh, when you listen to Phil Johnson, you know, he, he, he's kind of like very sarcastic and stuff and, and throws the punches, but when you meet him in person, man, he's just such a nice guy. Oh yeah, man. He'll just stand yeah. there and talk to you. Oh yeah. For as long as you want to. Yeah. So. Uh, he's funny too, man. He's really great. So guy. what else you want to talk about, bud? Uh, do you know what you said something earlier, um, okay. to referring to elders do, and here's my thought on, on elders in the church and how you, uh, how a church obtains elders. My thought is that it's not necessarily taking men and training them to be elders but it's recognizing the qualities of an elder in a man and bringing them in into that fold. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we talked, was that yesterday we talked about this? Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Well, yeah. I mean, because, because there there can be times like when we see like a guy, that's just a great guy. He's a great family guy and stuff. And the goal is to try to take him and, and make him into an elder even though he may not possess all the qualifications to be an elder or the desire to, or the, or, or the desire to, that's true. I mean, yeah. cause you have to remember you're, you're called as an elder, um, which I'm not, which you are not. Um, but, but you're called as an elder, um, to be the lead servant. Mm-hmm. You're called to be the shepherd. You're called to be, um, you are a bond servant of Christ. You're a slave of Christ. And, and scripture, Paul, Paul speaks to the fact that we are slaves to, to all, that we may, we may win more. We die to self. And so it is a call to die, um, uh, not to steal a book title there, but, but, but that's what it is. It, it's, it's a call to lay down your life um, and to be the lead example um, to your local church. And so, you know, instead of, instead of just, you know, approaching people that, you know, uh, approaching people and say, Hey, we want you to do this. We want you to go through this training or whatever. Um, w- without truly spending the time to confirm them. I mean, you look, look at how long Paul took to train elders in, in the new Testament, mm-hmm. right? It's five years typically. So somewhere around that. That, that, that mark. And so, um, you know, it's something that's, that, 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 that you need to take your time on. And so it's, it's not just, like you said, it's not just picking those guys who, um, you know, yeah, they're good guys or family guys, they're natural leaders, uh, you know, but that doesn't mean that that's what they're called to. And, and sometimes guys will know, know that they're like, no, I'm not, I'm not right, called right, to do that. Right. You know, I'm that, that is not me. Thank you, but no, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And, and there are some guys that, if they're approached with that situation, sometimes they, 
they might feel pressured to to do it and they say well i don't want to say no right so i'll i'll just do it but you, you know it's just that if you don't have the true desire to be an elder then it, it don't. that's don't i mean it's it's not going to benefit anyone no no. But but I mean you because you just you said something earlier about about training elders and it brought me back to something that that we had talked about uh, you know specifically you know because I don't see in scripture where it says train elders I see where it says test the elders but then it says those who are to be elders these are the qualifications they must have. So to me, it seems more of a recognizing those qualifications that a person already possesses, and then you're bringing them into that. Well, right. I mean, because you look at you look at the the role. Now, that's, uh, now, now, I'm not saying that that some training shouldn't take place because there's some people oh, that no. like you're yeah. people haven't been in certain situ pastoral elder situations, and they need to know how to how to handle those. Um, so some training must go on, but the idea of I got to teach someone how to teach something. Well, the right. qualification so, is they must be able to teach already. Right, and, and there, and this is what I think. Maybe this is uh, maybe what you're getting at. Maybe not be, but I remember we were talking about this yesterday, and I said this yesterday is for those uh, who call to be elders. Th that's going to be a yearning in the very depths of who you are. Right. Yeah. Like, like the Holy Spirit is going to, to, to plant that in you. Uh, because again, like we were talking about with persecution, it, it, you know, w when that time comes, it's either there or it's not. You either have right. it or you don't. Right. Right. And, and there's going to be a yearning and a longing in your heart, in your bones um, to be a servant and, and, and to be one of the men responsible for leading Christ's bride. Mm -hmm. And for the edification and the purification of his bride. And, and it is not something like, okay, yeah, I guess I'll be an elder. Nope, nope, that, that, then you're not called. Right. That, that, right. That, that, then you're, you're not called to do that. And no amount of, in Persu most cases, in most cases, I'll say that no amount of training. Right. Can or, prepare you. Or, you well, know, it's not going uh, to give you, it's, look, to, to your saying, that call, that unction, that yearning, uh, that passion, training, no amount of training is going to give you that. Right. It's, no, it, no, it's a, no. so, so, so the office of elder, because it is, we see it in scripture, we're, we're really going to say that's a supernatural office. Because oh, yes. in order to be an elder, you have to be called to be an elder. But to, to, be, to be called to be an elder is to answer a divine summons. Therefore, you have to have a divine unction in you in order yeah. to fulfill that role properly. Sure. Yep. Amen. Amen, brother. And, and so, I mean, just taking someone and say, you know, here, go through this course. We want you to do this. We want you to do that. Or... Um, because that's popular for a lot of places. Um, and, and that's, and that can be understandable for, for maybe churches that don't have elders, um, yeah. that want to, uh, that, that want to rule by a plurality of elders. Um, and so they're trying to, uh, 
bring in people to fill those positions, but I, I, trying to train someone, like trying to te- teach someone how to drive a car, you know, is w- when it's a supernatural office that you have to be divinely called because you have to have that passion placed inside of you. Well, it's yeah. not going to yeah, yeah, yeah. So you look at you know uh, at what what's looked at is the is the man's godliness, his virtue, and his giftedness, mm-hmm. um, and and it's going to be a calling and a yearning not to be a CEO, not to be a CFO, not to be a, uh, a executive, blah blah blah. Um, but but right. but it's it, it's a call. It's a call to die. It's a call to yeah. be a slave. It's a call to be a servant. It's a call to remember that God is your only audience, um, mm-hmm. because you're dealing with wheat and tares. Mm-hmm. You're dealing with the church, uh, invisible, and the unconverted false church visible. Uh, <laughs> you know, so so it's 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 a- absolutely, man. I mean, you know what you know what we need to do after we. Uh, have our episode on discipleship we need to have one on eldership yeah yeah and and have some and have an elder on to talk about um biblical eldership and what that looks like yeah Um, Yeah. i think that would be very helpful and very beneficial yeah hey drew i have a question for you Uh, okay (laughs) i have a question for you man so so let me ask you this question all right so hey bro um so have you, uh, have you repented of your, uh, your whiteness lately? Uh, no, you know why? Because, um, it's God who made me this way. Therefore I can't change how the, the melanin count that I have. Uh, so I can't repent of that. And in fact, for me to repent of that would actually be a slight against God because he's the one that created me to be white. Yeah. There you go, man. So, so let me ask you another question, man. Do you think that, uh, uh, let me ask you, ask you this in in the form of a quote. Okay. So quote, given the depth of uh, theological miseducation when it comes to race and white churches, a brief sermon series on race before you get back to your regularly scheduled programming isn't going to cut it. We need to constantly address racial justice for months and years at a time. Period. Close quote. What do you think about that, man? Um, you know what? Uh, I, can't, I don't know if, uh, if this guy was born a hater or if that was a skill that he had to develop. Uh, because it seems like, and, and this is a quote from Jamar Tisby, yeah. okay? And it seems like anytime Jesus and the gospel is brought into race and racism, Jamar Tisby gets a little bit jealous uh, because race and racism isn't taught from the pulpit. Well, guess what? Uh, it's not supposed to be That's because right. it's the gospel that deals with race and racism uh, because the gospel actually unites people, unites people of all tongues, tribes, and nations. Therefore, your skin color, your race in the gospel is completely irrelevant. And guess what, Mr. Tisby? As a minister of the gospel, which you claim to be, you should be more concerned about the souls that are dying and going to hell than what color they are. 
That's what I'm gonna say about that. Mic drop. Yeah, no, uh look. Uh I'm gonna quote you here. Uh when you said, look, man, um you're a minister of the gospel, not a minister of curing racism. That's the gospel's job. Your job is to preach the gospel. Boom. Um you know, I mean, we, 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 we've dealt with this issue, but it continues to, to rear its ugly head. Um, and, and look, I, I don't, I don't expect the world to, uh, do anything but act like the world and to be consumed with social issues, uh, that have no warrant in scripture whatsoever. Um, you know, but, but for somebody who, um, professes and identifies as a Christian, and more than that, as a minister of the gospel, um, you know, w- with everything I'm seeing come over from, from, from some of these guys, uh, Twitter feeds and social media pages, I, I mean, I have some questions on uh, whether or not they truly are regenerate. You know I'm what? not saying they're not. He, he, hold on. Let, I think but. this will answer. I think because I think that tweet answers it. He, here you go. Before getting back to your regularly scheduled programming, which is in quotes. Well, what is the regularly scheduled program? Do you mean the preaching of Christ? Is that what you mean? So the, the preaching of Christ isn't going to cut it? Is, that's not enough? My yeah. regularly scheduled programming, which is the preaching of Christ, is not good enough. That's what you're saying? Yeah. Well, and, and that tweet right there goes against uh, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, James, Romans, when it comes to showing partiality in any way, shape, or form. Uh, so, so not showing partiality is reg- regularly scheduled programming. The gospel of Jesus Christ is regularly scheduled programming. Uh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Look, it, it, it going, you know, kind of riding on the coattails of the elder conversation, um, people like Jamar Tisby, uh, people like Dr. John MacArthur, so, so, so here's, here's how um, all of us should identify um, as far as where our identity is uh, post-regeneration, right? Uh, we, we being reformed, we, we believe and know that Scripture teaches regeneration precedes faith. Uh, so after regeneration, our identity is as follows. One, child of God. That's it. You are in Christ. He is in you. That's who you identify with first. Second, in the kingdom of God, amongst the family of God, the believers, the church, the bride of Christ, which, by the way, um, there is uh, no Jew, Gentile, Scythian, slave-free, male, female. uh, uh, All are in Christ, and Christ is in all. Mm -hmm. Okay, two. Three, as a man you're a husband. As a woman, you're a wife. Four, if you're a parent, there's where that is. Then five is not even your ethnicity. I don't even want, know what five would be, to be honest. But you see what I'm getting at here? It, to, for, for someone who professes to be a child of God and then also professes, I am not saying possesses, I am saying professes, to, to be a minister of the gospel and, and to continue to, to, to throw this nonsense out mm-hmm. 
it, it's just got to stop, man. It's just, yeah. I, I mean, and it's he doesn't fa- listen. It's he doesn't listen to false gospel. No, it, it is. It's a false gospel. It's, it's creating division. Um, I was doing some preparing today for, cause I'm just starting to do some training for our company. And, uh, and, and one of the things that when you look up the word integrity, one of the synonyms for integrity is unity. So ultimately what he is doing is dismantling the integrity of the church yeah. and the kingdom of God by continuing to spew this, this false gospel, this anti-Christ narrative. You know, you, you know what I, I noticed? Cause you sent me this the other day, yeah. yesterday, I think it was. And, and we had just been talking may, what maybe last week about how it seems like kind of the racial tension is starting to die down because everyone's focusing on masks and government and things like that. Well, you know what? I think he noticed it too. And he go, he's going, no, 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 no. We need to bring the race thing back. We need to bring the race thing back. We got to keep it. You know, we, we, we got to keep it forefront. No, no, no. Preach the gospel. Yeah. You know what? Let's go back to the elder thing with this too. If you're an elder and you hold a Jamar Tisby, you probably don't need to be an elder anymore. Because there's no way that you can believe this garbage and still be a faithful minister in Christ's church and rightly divide his word and rightly shepherd the flock of Christ. I was... <laughs> that was strong, brother. I mean, uh, I, mean <laughs> I, I wouldn't, let's put it this way. Let, let, let me put, because I've said this to you uh, offline too, so I'll say it publicly. I have serious concerns with anybody who would defend Jamar Tisby and Eric Mason right now. Yeah. But Jamar Tisby, Eric Mason, Stephen Furtick, uh, Carl Lentz, they're, they're, all of it. Yeah, this, of it. I, I don't understand. How can anyone hold the Hillsong and, and be against abortion? Because Carl Lentz isn't even against abortion. Like, what in the world? <sighs> I, Dude, Savage. big, big Eva, man. Big Eva B- just oh, bro. like. <laughs> bro. Bro. B- B- look, I mean, B- Big Eva is okay with protesting and marching with 20,000 Black Lives Matters, you know, supporting a, a culturally Marxist. Bro, they're the ones that will biblical. put on protests. Right, right. And then, and then the you know, and then say that, that kind of worship they're okay with. Yeah. Right. That kind of worship they're fine with. Yeah. But oh no, 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 no! Don't don't let anybody gather inside uh, to 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 worship the Lord on the Lord's yeah. day. And and no, we can't do that. We're not going to stand with them. But I'll tell you what: we will stand. We will go ahead and stand with with the people that are hurting and the people that have been oppressed. Um, look, last time I checked, Galatians six ten says, "Yes, do good to all, but especially to those in the what the household faith." Mm-hmm. Again, going back to that identity, if you had to rank it, you know. I'm I'm sorry, Jonathan Lehman. Yeah, Mark Dever. You know your 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 loyalties and allegiances should be with Dr. MacArthur and mm-hmm. and not just Dr. MacArthur, but all of those elders and faithful pastors who have not closed at all or who are refusing to close. Uh, I know James White was talking about that. Yeah, Apologia uh, hasn't Church closed. Yeah. Has not closed yep. one. Yep. Once. Your responsibility is to stand with them before you stand with. And again, this is gonna this is gonna this fly in the face some people, but this your responsibility is to stand with them, your brothers in Christ, before an unregenerate world. That's right. 
You well, are called to stand with your brothers in arms, yeah. right? Doing good with them and supporting them and supporting each other. Well, what is at the that? same time as as preaching the gospel and making well, disciples? But well, when when you stand with them, what is that? That is a a tangible display of the gospel. Why? Because they will know that we are Christ's disciples by how we love one another. Bro, are you sitting here with me right now? Nah, dog. Come Did on. you know that I was turning? I mean, well, I had a feeling. My non-Arminian standard Bible. So, so when I, chapter 15. I, I had a feeling you knew what I was about to say, and I was like, oh, I think he's turning there. So I have a question. I have I have a question. And yes, there's some sarcasm here, but you know what? The Apostle Paul used sarcasm, and I'm and I'm doing it to prove a point. John 15 specifically speaks to um the, how, you know the disciples' relationship to each other and then to the world. He said, starting in verse 12, this is my commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that one would lay his life down for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you slaves, for a slave does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends for all things that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. So then he said, verse 17 of John 15, this I command to you that you love one another. Now, moving right into the next paragraph, or if you have a verse-by-verse -verse Bible, um, uh, it's bolded, so you know it's the next paragraph. If the world hates you, you know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, because of this, the world hates you. So, so I'm sorry, if you're going to stand with trained Marxists and an organization, by the way, that's got billions and billions of dollars and has not contributed to the black community at all, you're going to stand with them, but you're not going to stand with a man who has been doing ministry for over 50 years faithfully. What? The brother, world loves you, and you're hating your brother. This, as you were reading that, this just dawned on me. And this speaks to the character of John MacArthur. That even today, those who turned have who have turned their backs on him, if they got in some kind of trouble for something related to the truth of scripture, even today, John MacArthur would stand with them. He'd be right there. He would be right there. The, regardless of the fact that they abandoned him, he would come along right beside them. And that's a good point for all of us, by the way, mm -hmm. for that. Th that's a good bro. That's a good call out because that's a good example for all of us, Eve. And that, that speaks to first Peter two, right? Mm -hmm. That speaks to Christ on the cross. Forgive them for they know not what they do. Right. Um, you know, look, if you've got somebody who wronged you, that's in the household of faith, your responsibility is to forgive them, mm -hmm. to not hold it over them, mm -hmm. to not keep a record of wrongs. First Corinthians 13 says, mm -hmm. So, so you also are called to do that. You forgive as Christ has forgiven you. And I, and I have no doubt, I have no doubt that, that, that John has and would do that. And that's again, a great example for all of us. And look, I know I get fired up. I do, <laughs> but, uh, but, but yeah, I, I, I mean, it's a, it's, it's a zeal for the truth. It's a zeal for the glory of the Lord. It's a zeal for scripture. It's a zeal for his house. And, um, but man, that, that's a great call out, bro. Yeah. That's a so great call out. So as we as we start wrapping up, 
Um, we have, we've pulled a lot of punches today, uh, just in this show. We've pulled a lot of punches, but a lot of them are necessary. Um, a lot of them, uh, people might listen and, and if it's a, if it's a gut punch, you know, great, but I, this is what I don't want. Uh, I don't want the ability to step in the ring and throw punches to overshadow my compassion for, for the lost um, or those who uh, think that, you know, their reputation uh, in how the world views them is important. Um, So what I would ask is that, uh, I mean, even Christ, Christ uh, displayed righteous anger. Um, he, but, but from the cross, right. He, he yelled out with a compassionate plea to the father, to those who mocked him, forgive them for they know not what they do. And so that should be our plea as well. So, I mean, really, I mean, we've aired kind of a lot of frustrations that we've seen just in the, in the church and dealing with the culture and how the church has dealt with the culture. Uh, but we also, we need to have that compassion as well. So, I mean, if, if organizations, right, like in, in networks like, like Nine Marks and, and Acts 29 were to say, you know what, hey, we were wrong in this. Uh, I mean, we need to be the first ones to, say, to lock arms and say, brother, don't even worry about it. Welcome to the fight. We're there with you. Yeah. Uh, and welcome them in um, for, for those, those pastors, right. That haven't been, that, that haven't been preaching the full gospel uh, that have been viewing the church as a business um, for, if they were to, to say, you know what, this isn't something I built. This isn't my church. This is Christ's church. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I need to relinquish control back over to Christ. Well, then guess what? We're right there with you. What do you need us to do? We're right there with you. Uh, yeah, and, it, and and even if you don't, even if they don't, and, and mm-hmm. uh, brother again, uh, go, go ahead. I'm sorry, I interrupted. Well, 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 I mean, and, and just even the things, the attitude that we need to have is even someone that we, the ridiculousness that just comes from the thumbs of Jamar T- Tisby. If Jamar Tisby were to say, you know what? I recognize this is a false gospel. This deal about dealing with race and racism and putting that above the preaching of Christ as regularly scheduled program. You know, I've been, you know, I've been dealing with a false gospel. Will you forgive me? Guess what? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And that should be our mind. That should be our heart. Um, So while I I know some of y'all have heard us throw some punches um, we don't want that to overshadow the fact that if it came down to it in an instant, we would accept accept everything. All the people we, we we've referenced today: Lig, uh, Al Moeller, uh, Mark Dever. Um, you know, we did a we, we did a an episode on Matt Chandler, right? And Matt Chandler's been going downhill for a long time. Um, some, some very concerning things that he, that he right. said and partnered with, but if any one of those were to say, you know what, forgive us, boom, done. 
And that should be, that should be our heart. We shouldn't, we shouldn't say, well, you know, you remember that time where you did this and you did that and you did that? Nope. Cause that's keeping a record of wrongs. That's, right. that's holding it over their head. That's no, right. we need to say, you know what? Christ commands me to forgive you are Christ's child and we're going to lock arms. We're going to love yeah. you. Yeah. Well, and, and uh, I would only add to that. I mean, even if they don't as, as, uh, uh, as, as, brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, that's what we're called to do. And, and brother, that's a, that's a great, that's a great call. Um, that's a great call out. Yeah. There's, th- there's definitely some, some indignation and frustration that, uh, that, that, that comes through, you know, just like we, you know, you said the thumbs of Jamar Tisby. I don't want anybody to think, well, I mean, it comes through his thumbs, but it comes through your microphones. Well, look, I mean, I don't, I don't feel like a tough guy sitting behind a microphone and, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I have and will, and, and said this to other people, and I would continue to say the very same things uh, to anybody face to face. But, but yeah, you're right, man. It's it's, it's that, that's a great call. We are mm-hmm. called to love, and we are called to forgive. And even if they don't ask for forgiveness, we still forgive. Um, you know, yeah, we mentioned Moeller, we mentioned uh, Dever, and and uh, you know, uh, Lig Duncan, and 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 Tisby and Mason, and you know what? I mean, but if they were facing some sort of, of true persecution and oppression mm-hmm. for being believers in Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. um, then, then w- we should be willing to, to just run and stand right with them and say, hey, I stand with this guy because he's my brother. You know what? I put this on Facebook the other day, and it was yesterday, and it was about uh, John MacArthur and the state of California wanting to fine him $1,000 a day, right? And I put that I'm, I'm prepared to donate a thousand dollars for a fine for one of his fines. Guess what? Wherever Jamar Tisby preaches, whatever, if that government were to come to him and say, you cannot preach, your church needs to close or we're going to fine you a thousand dollars. Guess what? As long as he's preaching the faithful gospel, standing for the truth, I'll donate to him too. That's right. That's right. Amen, brother. Because that's, again, like, I mean, we talked about, right, the, we're, we're sons and daughters of God, first and foremost. We're members of the household of God, the household of faith, the bride of Christ, the body of Christ. So, so that, that's where we stand in the line first. That's right. And melanin count has nothing to do with it. No. It's the fact that brothers in Christ. Yeah. Because yeah. that's, yeah. that's, that's what's that's to be preached from yeah. the pulpit. Yes. Amen. Christ. Well, you've heard us go on <laughs> about things. So now you know what it's like to be in. Welcome to our minds. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> These are the things that, that, that are talked about throughout the day. Yes. Yes. And as yes. passionate, okay, let me tell you, as passionate as we are now, that's pretty much how we are <laughs> talking to one another. Yes, of that's, that's exactly right, man. That's, that's exactly right. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's not all we talk about. Of course, we pray for one another. We encourage one another. We're reading scripture and studying the Bible together. And so uh, trying to bear one of those burdens if, if, if need be. And so, but yeah, that, that's some of the stuff that we talk about right there. <laughs> all right. Well, you guys have listened to us rant for long enough. So we're going to get out of here. And hopefully our next episode will be on (laughs) discipleship. Lord willing. Lord willing. I hope so. As long as our guests can be scheduled for that day. Otherwise, we're going to have to pull something else out. But it'll be good no matter what it is. It will. It will. It'll be good.
It'll be That's right. We'll have, a, we'll, we'll have some other guest on until we have our special guest on. <laughs> but we're getting out of here. We'll see you guys later. Bye. See you. <laughs>